Hey, I'm Andy. I'm Andy. And you're listening to the HMO Podcast. Over 10 years ago, I set myself the challenge of building my own property portfolio. And what began as a short-term investment plan soon became a long-term commitment to change the way young people live together. I've now built several successful businesses. I've raised millions of pounds of investment and I've managed thousands of tenants. Join me and some very special guests to discover the tips, tricks and hacks, the ups and the downs, the best practice and everything else you need to know to start, scale and systemize your very own HMO portfolio. Now. In today's episode, I want to share some ideas with you to help you boost your profits. Now, look, I know that that sounds a little bit mad at the minute with inflation and interest rates going up and rising costs, but these are things we can't control and we're distracted by them at the minute. And that is precisely why we need to be focusing on the things that we can control in our business. So today I'm going to share some ideas and maybe just give you a reminder about how and why we need to be optimizing our tenant satisfaction and retention strategies. Because for me, this is an area where we can have an immediate and significant impact on the bottom line of our businesses. But many of us are just not focusing on it right now. So if that sounds interesting. And perhaps this even sounds like something you know you need to be doing, maybe you're already getting squeezed by all of this stuff going on, then make sure you stick around. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of the HMO Podcast. Hey guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO Roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO Roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the Roadmap, you'll find a full 60-lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. We've also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from. And we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. Okay, welcome back. So today we're going to talk about how you can boost the profits in your HMO business. Now, look, before we get into this, I know exactly what you're thinking. Andy, interest rates are going up. Inflation is still high. We've got gas and electricity costs still high. We've got spiraling costs. We've got a cost of living crisis. Come on. We're not really going to boost our profits, are we? We just need to face the music. And look, to an extent, I agree with that completely. There's nothing you or I can really do about that stuff. All we can do is manage the symptoms. But that is precisely why we need to focus on the things that we can control in our business. And two of those things are tenant satisfaction and tenant retention, and they go hand in hand. Now, of course, there's more that we can do in our business to make it profitable or to keep it profitable, but we haven't got time to cover it all in today's episode. So today, I'm going to share four or five ideas, things that you might be familiar with, but perhaps have not been focusing on recently, and maybe some new ideas that'll help you do just this, boost the profits in your business. And I guarantee if you take this seriously and you do it, you will see an impact in your business. Now, look, let me frame this for you. Let me just give you some stats to kick things off. Deposit Protection Scheme, they did a survey, they did a study, and they found that the average cost to re-let a property, including the loss of rent at the void period, was almost £1,600. Now, of course, that wasn't specific to HMOs, so we can assume 
As HMO investors, that cost for us is going to be far greater, certainly if you averaged it out across a 12-month period, nearly £1,600. So let's assume ours might be £2,000, £2,500 a year. And the interesting thing is here, many of us aren't focusing on this because it doesn't appear on the P&L. We're not invoiced for this cost. It's not an expense. It's an invisible cost. So of course, we're not thinking about it. We're not focused on it. But actually, this is an area where we can have a big impact on our business. Let's say you're grossing £20,000 a year from one of your HMOs. Well, actually, if there's something that you can change that reduces that £2,000 cost a year for you that you're not seeing but does exist, that's almost 10% of your gross revenue. That's significant in business. Let's say you own a few properties and you factor that in four, five, six times. Maybe you've got a portfolio. That's really going to rack up. Now, perhaps you're thinking, well, Andy, look, we've got professional tenants, the transient people. If they want to move, they're just going to move. And let's be honest, the last couple of years, we haven't had to try particularly hard to keep tenants or to fill our rooms, have we? But that doesn't necessarily mean that it'll always be that way. A recent study by Knight Frank found that tenant satisfaction was the key factor in determining whether a tenant is actually going to renew a contract, or perhaps in our case, actually going to stay beyond their initial six months. And I think that this is so important because we haven't necessarily been focused on tenant satisfaction recently. So today, that is exactly why we're going to talk about some ideas and solutions to help you keep your tenants happier and keep your tenants for longer. And look, if I haven't quite convinced you to take this seriously yet, let me just add to this. Look, the benefit of tenant retention means that you get a nice, steady income. It's so important. It's one of the best things about HMOs. If your income is up and down, perhaps you're coming up to a refinance, the bank's not going to particularly like that. They could penalise you for that. Perhaps you want to plan to spend this money, go on holidays. Perhaps you want to plan to reinvest this money. Having a steady income, a predictable stream of income rather than income that's up and down is really, really important. And of course, there's the reduced cost of maintenance. Tenant churn, tenants coming in and out costs us money, not because they're banging the walls, bringing the furniture in and out of the house, but because there's less accountability. Tenants who stay, they take ownership. Together, people will take responsibility for certain things. They'll point things out. They'll be more inclined to put their hand up and say, you know what, that was me. Sorry. You know, what do you want me to do about it? When you've got a lot of churn, that tends to be quite different. And ultimately, it can cost you money. So above just saving money on your voids and marketing costs, you've got all of this. And then, of course, there's the time-saving exercise. (laughs) If you don't have to move tenants in and out, you don't have to do all the paperwork, you don't have to do the viewings, you don't have to prepare the adverts and blah, blah, blah. And that itself is a significant saving. I guess it depends on the value that you put on your time, but I personally put a huge amount of value on my own time. So hopefully, By now, I've really got you to think about just how important this is and could be in your business. The first idea that I want to share today is the importance of creating a welcoming environment for your tenants. It's so important that you create an inclusive environment for your tenants. Think about communal spaces, rooms, the amenities, these sorts of things that contribute to a comfortable living environment. But you've got to think about beyond just the property and what tenants can actually see. Think about the steps before that, the communication and the setting of house rules that create a harmonious environment. These sorts of things help tenants feel more comfortable about moving in. They feel more confident in what you're telling them or what they think that they can expect from living in this house. Think about ideas that promote community and cohesion amongst your tenants, regular social events, inviting shared spaces, other extra things that you can do. 
implement a community board, establish clear and fair house rules, things that make people feel like they're going to get a fair shot at being able to enjoy that house. Nobody likes the idea of having to move somewhere. It's new, it's changed. You've got to move into a house with four or five other people who know each other well. You've got to fit in and that's quite stressful. So the more welcoming, the more comforting you can make that experience of moving and making that change, the easier it's going to be for your tenant and that experience is going to last with them. If it goes well, they're going to really carry that forwards and hopefully that's going to help you retain them for much, much longer. The second idea I want to share today is about professionalism and communication. This for me is one of the things that has happened and changed faster than almost anything else in our industry. Tenants now expect communication on demand. Tenants themselves are quite demanding and we've really had to adapt to this. But the reality is, the truth is, and I've got a lot of experience of working with landlords, most landlords haven't got a clue about what tenants really expect and kind of where the standard is, where the people who are doing it right, and I would hope that we're one of those people, where they're doing it, the level that they are kind of setting, the benchmark that's being set. And for me, this has to continue. We can all be doing more when it comes to communication and professionalism. I know what it's like. We get really busy. We get a lot of interest. Sometimes we take that for granted. And that can pollute the experience of a tenant moving in. Those first few weeks of living there, tenants can be a bit needy. They're not sure what's going on. They don't know how to use things like the washing machine. And so, and I think we need to be a bit more prepared to manage that and be a bit more nurturing and reassuring when tenants do move in. I think it's so, so, so important. I'd recommend you set yourself some really clear expectations as a business about what that looks like to you. What does clear and effective communication look like? Think about your response times. Actually put it down on paper. How quickly are you going to be able to respond to tenants? Be realistic, but think about the importance of this. Be transparent with your tenants always about things that have maybe got to be done with the house, issues that you've had previously things that might influence or impact their tenancy agreement. There's nothing worse than a tenant moving in and then finding out X, Y, and Z about your property or about other tenants and you haven't been clear with them, you haven't been transparent, and that's going to leave a really bad taste in their mouth. Where often, if you're just super transparent about it, that relationship is going to be much easier to manage. And actually, again, they're going to take that forwards and going to find that they're much happier living in that property because they trust you. Try and think about the regularity of updates as well. A lot of communication is reactive when it comes to managing tenants, but we could often be so much more proactive about various things. Virgin Broadband have said that the broadband's going to be down between two and five on Sunday afternoon. And actually for our tenants, that could be really helpful rather than frustrating them and them having to send an email and you then respond. Simple things like that really will go a long, long way. Think about how you're going to handle disputes and complaints with tenants and communicate that process with them as well. Don't wait for tenants to have to nag you several times and then ask, well, how do I make a complaint? I think even if you're a landlord just managing a small portfolio, even one HMO, it's really important to have a complaints procedure. I've talked about this on the podcast before. It gives tenants reassurance that there is a process. If they're not happy, if they think that something needs to change, there is a process that they can go through where you will listen and they will get a formal and well-thought response from you. Very few landlords, very few private landlords, if any at all, actually do this. But I think it's so important. And actually, as the sector, as the PRS becomes more commercialised and the government tries to kind of squeeze landlords out, this is going to become increasingly important because this is one of the things that agents have to actually 
do. And we should see ourselves, certainly for self-managing, as competing with agents who are trying to provide that better service. So think about these things and think about these ways that you can improve the communication and the professionalism with your tenants. And you'll find that they're much happier living there. Your tenant satisfaction is much higher. That'll definitely improve your retention. The third idea I want to talk to you about today is regular maintenance and improvements. Now, of course, this is nothing new. We should all know, and I'm pretty sure we all know, that sort of regular updates and getting things done quickly is an important one to tenants, but so many of us don't do it. But actually, I want to take this a step further. I want you to really think about setting the right expectations with your tenants before they even move in. Make sure that they know what to expect from you. The Uber model and the story behind Uber I find really fascinating. Uber didn't reinvent the wheel. Taxis have existed for centuries, but Uber did it differently. And Uber created something that allowed the person sort of waiting or ordering a taxi to be able to see how long they were going to be waiting. You could see, couldn't you, the driver coming towards you. And that makes it less stressful. It helps manage your expectations. When it comes to things like maintenance in your properties, tenants will often ring you or text you or send you an email and then you say, thanks very much. And then the next day here is when you're arranging notification of access. And that might take two weeks, three weeks, whatever. And in that period, tenants are just getting frustrated that you haven't dealt with it. Even if it's something that you couldn't physically deal with that quickly, that is often how it's interpreted at the other side. And we need to be aware of this. This is about putting yourself in your tenant's shoes. Often they just think we're ignoring them or we're not prioritizing them. And often that isn't the case. Certain things do take a certain amount of time. We can't always get our tradesmen there that quickly because they're very, very busy or we've got to order materials or there's more exploration or investigation that needs to be done and so on and so forth. But make sure that we're managing that process. Make sure that we're managing tenants' expectations. But I would also take it a step further, really prioritise your inspection process so that you're being proactive about things. Try and reduce how often tenants are having to report things and things are going wrong and you have to then send guys in. Much better if you turn up and say, hey guys, we've noticed X, Y and Z. We're going to send the guys in next Thursday to have a closer look. Just wanted to let you know that again, is reassuring for tenants. It's comforting. It's going to improve their experience of living in your property and they're going to want to stay. You're certainly not giving them any reasons why they would want to move whatsoever. Now, look, there's something that many of us are guilty of, myself included, and that is putting the blame on our tradesmen. Often they are too busy, but we need to be proactive about this. If we've got a tradesman, good as they are, that takes ages or isn't that reliable, doesn't go in on the day that they say they're going to go in and we've told the tenants and it doesn't happen, it gets rearranged, that's frustrating for our tenant. They don't really care. It's our job to get it right. It's our responsibility. So if we're working with tradesmen like that, that are not doing what we need as well as we need, we need to make a change. I know it's hard work to find good people. You've got to kiss a few frogs, but it's our responsibility. We can't set expectations with tenants to say that we're going to get things done in these sorts of timeframes and then not do it and blame it on our tradesmen. I'm so guilty of this. I sound like such a hypocrite. And this is something I've really, over the last few years, really tried to improve and change because we're loyal to our tradesmen, aren't we? If we get someone who's good at what they do, even if they're a bit unreliable, don't quite go in when you want them to go in. It's really, really frustrating, but it's still, certainly for us, easier to continue like that. But of course, the while, pisses our tenants off. We mess them around. That's certainly how it's felt and experienced at their end. And that isn't going to do us any favours. If we want to improve tenant satisfaction and retention, we need to change that. We have to be really, really proactive about this. And one more point just to add on this idea about maintenance and improvements. We often do work to a property 
we move tenants in and then we kind of forget about it for a while. And actually, the truth is, we can continually be thinking about ways to improve and upkeep our properties. And we should always be doing that. How often do you go in and do touch-up decorating? How often do you go in and actually maybe update the artwork that's looking a little bit dated? How do those sofas actually look? The furniture and the coffee tables, they're looking... It's important to continue to reinvest in our properties. That keeps our tenants happier. It keeps that kind of environment and that experience fresh. And that's what tenants want and need. Now, yes, you've got to keep it economic. And what you can't do here is just ignore the fact that rents might have to go up or change to accommodate for some of this stuff. But usually what you'll find is if you're investing back into your property and you're keeping on top of it and you're focusing and prioritizing improvements, your tenants will stay retention will be better and you'll be more profitable. The fourth idea I want to talk about today is value-add services. This for me is a really interesting concept. Now, depending on the type of HMOs that you operate, this might not quite work, but certainly if you're into professional HMOs and certainly in the higher end of professional HMOs, I think there's some really interesting things here. The concept of value-add isn't new in business whatsoever. We see it all over the place in different business sectors, but not so much so in the private rental sector. Simple things like upgrading the Wi-Fi for your tenants. You don't necessarily have to. Actually, I found that it's not even costing me any more to do this, but I've been able to upgrade my tenants from 30 meg to 300 meg. And that has an immediate impact on tenant satisfaction. Could you step up your cleaning services from every two weeks to perhaps every one week? What about organising social events? Caroline Patterson talked about this on her podcast episode with me and she had some really interesting concepts and she talked about how important that was to the whole idea of creating community and that bonding experience for tenants and creates that stickiness. I loved it and I think there's a lot that we could all be doing. What about organising pizza nights for your tenants? This is something I've done and it works really, really well. Small gestures like that go a long way. Tenants in the house get to hang out a little bit more, all at your expense. That can only be a positive thing, right? I even know people offering laundry services. I think you've got to be operating really, really high-end HMOs. And perhaps this is more suited to areas like London and Birmingham and Manchester, but it can work. The last idea I want to share with you today is how you handle tenant turnovers. This, for me, is something that a lot of people get wrong. Someone's moving out. Well, whatever. Don't really need to spend much time or pay much attention to this process because they're going anyway. Well, actually, there's a much better way of doing it. And actually, it can be much more profitable if you do it right. There's a best practice for smooth tenant turnovers. And this is all about processes. You need clear checkout processes. You need to know what you're doing when it comes to returning deposits and dealing with property damage. This all has to be planned in advance of anyone moving out how and when you prepare your adverts to reduce any downtime. It's so important. But of course, you've got to balance that with doing viewings on your room. And that sort of reverses into setting the right expectations with tenants and things like that. So for me, it's incredibly important to get that tenant turnover just right so that if you do have to change a room over, you are doing it as cheaply and as cost effectively and as time effectively as you possibly can can be doing. And here's a cheeky little tip. If you can incentivize your tenant or any of your other tenants to find you a good replacement, maybe someone they work with, maybe a friend they've got, you could find that not only does this save you a lot of money, but this could also help continue to build the right environment, that cohesive, sticky environment of tenants who know each other, who get on well, who want to stay, and who ultimately reduce your costs and boost your profitability. So there we go, five ideas that I think will help you boost your profits in your HMOs, improve retention and reduce 
the cost. Now, like I said earlier, these aren't all completely new concepts. They're not all unique ideas, but hopefully, if you have been a bit distracted by the other things going on, hopefully this helps refocus on some of the basics, some of the key things that you could be doing. And hopefully, I have been able to share some new ideas, some new concepts that you can trial and potentially implement into your business. So let's recap. The first idea was about creating a welcoming environment for new tenants. The second was the importance of professionalism and communication and thinking about ways to improve on that. The third was the importance of regular maintenance and improvements. We talked about some ideas to actually do a much better job when it comes to that. The fourth was value add services, new things that you could potentially add on. And the fifth was handling tenant turnovers, just improving that process. Now, look, if you want a bit of a shortcut to some of this stuff, there's a lot of documents and resources and helpful advice that really goes into more of the detail inside the HMO roadmap. For example, setting some of the expectations that you can give to your tenant before they actually move in, in the form of a welcome pack, is one of those documents that can be incredibly reassuring. It highlights the professionalism of your landlord service, but there's a lot to think about there. I think ours is several pages long, like seven, eight, nine, ten pages long. If you want to download a copy of that to use in your business today, just head over to the HMO Roadmap. It's available in the premium package. And we've got all sorts of things, maintenance schedules, all sorts of communication documents that you can use with tenants inside the HMO roadmap as well. And just save you loads of time because you can download them and use the templates, put your own branding on it straight away. Super easy, super simple. There you go, guys. I hope that that has been useful. Hope you found it valuable. And I hope more than anything, you can find some ways to boost the profits in your business. That's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to come and discuss any of these ideas we've talked about in today's episode, come on over to the HMO community. That's our free group. If you haven't joined, you're missing out on so much. 7,500 members. Now, it really is the number one place to be if you want to find some guidance and support when it comes to investing in HMOs. That's it. Don't forget, I'll be right back here in the very same place next week. So please join me then for another installment of the HMO podcast. Mm -hmm.